Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. side in the same mind at the same time. Well, welcome back yet again, my dearest listeners. I hope you're enjoying the fruits of the season. Well, I had the pleasure and privilege of attending a masterclass as of late where the aforementioned topic had been cited. The assertion was quite candidly that faith and fear cannot live in the same mind at the same time this particular individual, and I wholeheartedly concur. So what say you, ladies and gentlemen? Do you believe that faith and fear can coexist? Well, without further ado, let's explore some shared findings aligned with the topic. Alright, so here is, let's go ahead and explore the first of the two. This is a fortunate find. Bonnernaz.com It's titled Faith and Fear Cannot Occupy the Same Space Bombshell, ladies and gentlemen So per the author, there are many moments in life where we are tempted to worry about and fear the uncertainties of life We've all been there We're always bombarded with thoughts of what if coming from a negative point of view and if we continue asking about what is uncertain in our lives we will be tempted to worry, fear, and complain about something that hasn't come to pass. Instead of using our energy in a positive manner, thinking good, positive, overcoming, and affirming thoughts, we will be using or utilizing our energy to bring down, to damper our spirits by virtue of worrying about something that has not yet come to pass. It's a natural occurrence. So the author has learned that fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, She said she will either, they will either strengthen the one or weaken the other. So she substantiates uh, her faith confession with her positive and reaffirming actions showing, showing her higher power God and the enemy that the eyes of faith are focused on the great I am who has every answer to her every dilemma our our, our higher power my higher power uh, as I uh, is aligned with the authors my higher power is God the one and only one and only creator so when we put our eyes on uh, of faith on our higher power in this case God we will not have room to focus on any negativity that may be trying to infiltrate, to permeate our being. And this is all abridged, uh, 
relationships with the author. So we will know that God is able to to deliver us and meet our needs exactly when we need them met. So God loves to show himself strong on behalf of those who trust in his power. When we say yes to God, um, our yes brings everything with him. We receive forgiveness, mercy, grace, peace, joy, encouragement, and love that surpasses all understanding. God wipes our slate clean and makes us a brand new creation for the author. He forgets our past and establishes a new future filled with hope. So why would anyone want the alternative to peace? Why would anyone choose worry over calm? Calm. So God is enough for, for her, for the author, as it is as he is, is God is enough for you as well. He is, uh, she asserts that he is her portion of peace. He is the recipe for, for perfection. Nothing else compares to the majesty and glory of God whom she calls her friend, her redeemer, her savior, her king, and God, her God. So she wants to share a thought um, by a good writer, Joseph Mazzella, uh, uh, it's by virtue of illustrating her thoughts. So it reads, the home I grew up in as a boy had a river running along one side of it and a set of railroad tracks running along the other, being just 10 feet away from the tracks, sometimes scared her, her, her mom. Our home consisted of two old shanty cars painted green and several rooms we built on ourselves. She knew that it would be crushed if any one of those 20 feet tall railroad cars loaded with coal were to tip over on it. And he never shared her fear. However, no matter how much those cars would sway as the the trains went by, in his child's mind, The trains and tracks were a source of endless adventure, and home was a place of love, joy, and safety that he could always return to. In fact, he would often spend part uh, of the summer mornings walking down the railroad tracks and back home again. It was was a challenge to see how long uh, he could walk on one of of the narrow steam beams without stumbling off. It took him a while before he discovered that the trick was to never look at your feet. As long as he kept his eyes focused on that old home of theirs, he never fell off. He would walk for hundreds of yards with thoughts of his mother's tender smile, his grandmother's uh, enormous hugs, generous hugs, lion-hearted hugs, a loving greeting from his dog, Duke, and a loaf of warm Italian bread for dinner running through his mind. They always kept his heart and feet going right where they needed to go. So life here on Earth can also be as tricky as walking on a narrow steel beam at times. You may even feel in moments like a huge railroad car is about to fall on you. Don't give up. Don't give up, though. It is in times like these that it is imperative to keep your eyes on home. Our lives here may be our our home for a while, but they're not our home. As much as we may learn about love and grow in goodness, 
here our true home still awaits us. It is there where the smiles will never cease, the hugs will, will, are endless and infinite, and the love is also infinite and never ends. It is there where we will feast in God's warmth, love, and light. So enjoy your trip through life, then, for the author, but always keep your eyes at home. So there we go. So hopefully uh, that answers the question. I'm going to make this, this is going to be a pretty concise episode. But I'd like to explore one more fortunate find, and this is a find uh, found at teamjesusmag.com. It's titled, Team Huddle, Five Red Flags to Distinguish Walking by Faith versus Fear. So, for the author, let's talk about faith. If asked, do you have faith? Most of us would immediately respond, yes. But how can we be so sure, so optimistic? Faith is much different than optimism. Optimism is having a positive outlook and perspective, but faith is the substance of things we hope for when there is nothing positive in sight. Faith is a verb. Optimism is a noun. A person can be optimistic all day long and not walk by faith. I agree. So the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's important that we evaluate our hearts to be sure, to be certain. We are operating in faith, that we have a, an unwavering faith op- uh, operating system, mode of operation. More faith, less fear. This is the second part, number two. I'm sorry. It's a shame that most Christians only exercise faith in a crisis. God is a deliverer and a healer, but he also wants to bring you into promise. So the opposite of faith is fear. Fear cripples us in the body of Christ and it hinders our progress. If we're not careful, we can be deceived and mix these concepts up. So there are a few red flags that will alert you to a fear factor at work in you. So the author's hope is that you will overcome them quickly and move and, and move and transcend uh, to, into and towards what God has for you. So let's take a look. Number one, faith is action oriented. When you have faith in God, you walk in full expectation. So prepare. So when he came across the listing for his current job, it was right on time. The compensation. It was in an area where it paid well. It was in an area where he desired to work and was qualified. He had faith in God and believed that he would give uh, he would give him this position. But his faith wasn't enough. He had to put in the work. So after he applied for the job, he called them once a week to check the status of his application. One day, he even got dressed up and went down to the HR and recruitment department to speak with someone. He also began to make arrangements for childcare so that his daughter would be set when the hours changed. He prayed earnestly, incessantly, and he got the job. Faith without works is dead. Number two, faith is specific. Fear will have you justified and shackled. <laughs> all have you justifying all sorts of mishaps with cliches like everything happens for a reason. Faith is when you know that you know and you move accordingly. So one sure way to tell if you're walking in faith is when you're leery about being too specific in your petitions to God your, or your higher, your higher power. 
Building your personal relationship with God is key because he will confirm his word to you and give you discernment. So our faith empowers us to go boldly into that good night, to go boldly before the throne of grace to find help in our times of need. Number three, faith has tunnel vision. Fear is easily distracted. When you're walking by faith, all hell can break loose around you and you will not be moved. It is possible to overlook your current circumstances and still believe. Fear will have you thinking, well, since this happened, maybe I heard wrong. No, please understand that uh, the adversary does not care that you receive the word from God. He will fight tooth and nail to see that it never manifests. Faith focuses on what God said, making everything else irrelevant. So number four, faith has patience. Fear is anxious. Faith is patient because it trusts and believes God. Fear is anxious because it doubts God. There are times when you can truly believe that your fear is justified. Maybe you or, or a loved one is sick. Or perhaps you need your rent money by tomorrow and you and your next paycheck. I'm out in nature, ladies and gentlemen, as you probably deduced. Pardon me. And your next paycheck is a week away. It could be something monumental to you. But nothing is impossible to those who believe. And that's a scripture, Mark. 923. So worry and stress is a sign that you're walking by fear. Faith is not foolish. This is number five. Faith is not foolish. Fear loves folly. Please don't spend your money frivolously, then try to fast and pray for God to provide. That's not how it works. Per the author. Exercise your common sense and good judgment because God gave us all the ability to reason. God is not our personal genie in a bottle, so be a good steward over what he is giving you, time, gifts, resources, so that he can trust you with more. So what's the play call for the author? Be intentional about growing your faith. The Bible says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. Jesus said that we can ask anything in his name and it will be given to us. So put God to the test, and that was John 14, 13. So put God to the test. Ask God to show you an area in your life where your faith is weak. What do you need that you can't do for yourself? For example, the author applied for his job, but he couldn't hire himself. So wait on God. Be patient. Team, anxiety is fear in disguise. Fear, as I've been told, is another acronym for false evidence appearing real. So if you ever feel like things aren't happening when they should, remember that God's timing is impeccable. It's perfect, picture perfect. So don't let doubt threaten or change or sully your faith and cloud your focus. Remember that fear is usually the fruit, not the root. Through care, through prayer and fasting, get to the bottom of what is causing you fear or anxiety. Break its bondage off your life. This is, uh, this is, um, was a share of finding by the author's Jeanette Tyson. So hopefully uh, that gives you some clarity, if not already, on uh, answering the question, uh, that, that burning question as to whether faith and fear can coexist. I'm in a
place, albeit I'm not perfect, uh, where I've come to understand that. Uh, as of late, especially this past, the previous quarter, the prior quarter uh, that we've been uh, gifted with, was illuminating. It was, uh, it, I received by the grace of God, the Creator, the Creator, um, Epiphany after Epiphany, an array of Epiphanies. And um, coupled with other gifts, one of which was the Master Class, which was no coincidence, the Law of Attraction. Speaking of which, and as an aside, I'd like to get in edgewise that I um, am, you know, rebranding my practice, my coaching practice, to focus solely upon that courtesy of of the woman who gifted myself in droves of others, um, who gifted those master classes, uh, which were as informative as they were confirming and illuminating. And I decided to streamline my coaching practice to the now, what's titled, the Recalibrating the Scales Art of Manifestation Coaching and Consulting Services. So if you feel so inclined, you know, please feel free to reach out to me to avail of me. Um, you can reach me as it stands at recalibratingthescales at gmail.com, just as it sounds. And um, I'm highly responsive and ex- extremely responsive, so I will definitely respond without hesitation, without fail. to pause and applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, with your unwavering support in the years, coupled with all of your magnifying listeners spanning and stepping into the globe. Please do bear in mind that this radio show and movement does rest indeed upon your very broad shoulders, so I humbly, humbly implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off. Thank you.